0: Let it breathe if it doesn't breathe it's gonna die let us see if we let it be is it gonna fall and set it free and if it leaves, we say goodbye where we weave and then we greet and then we cry i wanna tell you before i forget hello and welcome to our 21st edition of busy in the sticks chamber podcast my name is tammy ricks ceo of the west prince chamber and your host Uh, If labour shortage affects your business, recruiting foreign workers may provide a solution. Our labour market uh, project, a partnership with the Eastern Chamber, one of the questions in the survey was utilising international workers to address job vacancies. Respondents were asked if they have attempted to fill job vacancies by recruiting international workers. 82% of respondents have not attempted to fill job vacancies by recruiting international workers of the twelve percent of the respondents that had tried to fill job vacancies by recruiting international workers eleven were successful and nine were unsuccessful of eastern PEI, that was eighty two percent and west prince was seventy seven percent that have not attempted to fill these jobs vacancies i just wanted to bring out that piece of information Uh, before i welcome my guests uh to uh, tell you a little bit about background of our project and um, how to recruit recruit foreign workers um here in pei so today i want to welcome james kang of hng immigration consultant and dougie martin of uh, martin's machine shop welcome gentlemen
1: thank you thank you
0: james james joins us uh from ottawa on on, via phone and uh So, James, I, I just wanted, maybe you could tell the, the audience a little bit about uh, your company, HNG Immigration Consulting.
2: Okay. Um, hello, everyone. Um, this is James from h uh, Consulting Company. Uh, we are based out of two offices in Edmonton and Halifax. So we are a global recruiting and immigration company that we are committed to providing customized and specialized workforce solutions to help um, a lot of businesses with labor shortages. And to maximize the human resource management by recruiting and matching required positions with the competent, hardworking, and skilled foreign workers from other countries.
0: So, James, you're more familiar with the Asian markets?
2: True, yes. um, Because I am from South Korea. I was born in South Korea. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I have more connections in um, Asian countries. And then, um, you know, most of the cases that I've been dealing with with the other employers, they're coming from Asian countries.
0: Okay, so you've been in Canada for how long?
2: I've been here for 20 years.
0: And you're living where?
2: I am living in Edmonton and Halifax, both, because I have uh, both offices in um, uh, these two cities.
0: So you're a busy man.
2: I am, and um, I'm just trying to uh, organize stuff so that I can also focus on my family
0: as well. Very good. Well, it's, it's great to have you today. Wish we could have you in person. Um, and so we'll get to our second guest, Dougie Martin. Welcome, Dougie. Thank you. And Dougie, just tell us a little bit about your, uh, your business and um, who started it and where the need kind of came from, I guess.
1: Well, I'm the third generation. Um, my grandfather and father started the business in 1974, and I took over approximately six years ago. Um,
0: so that's a lot of years. We're talking like close to 48 years. Yeah, it's getting there. Wow. Amazing. So you, you run a modern metal fabrication welding company, um, and you do a number of products, Dougie. Tell us maybe some of the more popular products or, or, or uh, that you, you kind of, uh, create, I guess, in your business.
1: Well, our main export would be, uh, trailers, um, Gooseneck trailers, car trailers, every different types of trailers. I guess you can name. Okay. Um, All aluminum built.
0: All aluminum built. Yeah. And um, so you said you've been running. You've been uh, in charge for the last six years. When did the growth kind of happen in in the last little bit for uh, Martin's Machine Shop?
1: Well, when I took over, there was four employees, and right now my peak is probably twenty employees.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So you make a, everything from aluminum barges, oyster workstations. I was just looking on your Facebook page a bit. Yeah. And uh, so these oyster workstations are they like uh, uh, something that uh, you know you don't need the boat anymore? They're created for what? For just to do all the.
1: Uh, you can basically harvest, uh, do your work right out on the uh, on the river. Um, just sail your boat and equipments on the vessel and okay. yeah just takes a lot of the work out of it and labor and whatnot
0: okay so you create and, and you build uh, you build all these stations that people need well today I, I'm glad we had you both here we want to talk about how to uh, how you rec- recruit farm workers for PEI um, as you both are probably aware we've uh, we've been dealing with labor shortages for some time and um, I wanted to bring in James to kind of uh, to discuss that whole screening and recruiting process uh, for candidates. So maybe James, you could tell us a little bit more on how you kind of screen and recruit some candidates.
2: Okay, thanks, Tammy. Um, so I work with um, different companies in different countries who um, are licensed to uh, recruit and provide immigration guidance to the uh, the candidates. So uh, we. Uh, advertise and try to find the right people in other countries and then once you have the resumes we go through a thorough screening process including criminal background check a medical check their uh, reference check uh, all of the qualifications required to work in Canada so that you know uh, employers um, can only do the interview at the time and um, that's gonna be uh, that has been helping. Uh, a lot of employers save time and they find the right candidates because it has been really difficult to find the uh, right workers uh, local, in the no- local market. Mm-hmm. So having um, you know, those recruiting from the um, other countries uh, can be of uh, one of the uh, ways to uh, reduce the labor shortage that a lot of businesses are experiencing uh, nowadays.
0: So we won't get into the pathways because I understand there's several pathways that um, uh, you you can you can apply, and some of those are through this new AIP program and then the PNP and the LMIA. But as far as um, some of the the recruiting methods, so things like um, uh, you know training for employers or um, making that job offer, you assist with all of those types of things.
2: So basically, um, our company does three major things one is recruiting and the other one is immigration lastly um, is settlement so we consider these factors as essential part of whole process and uh, we help with um, settlement service such as finding a right place for them and you know help help employers uh, engage with the government and get through all the required training sessions uh, in order to in order to participate uh, in the, um, uh, in the respective programs.
0: It must be very overwhelming for, for the average business person. And I mean, Dougie, we've had you here today. Uh, it must be overwhelming when you even probably started this process.
1: It's a, uh, it was a full-time job. I mean, just looking <laughs> for workers and still is. And so when, uh, whenever James contacted me, um, I kind of dug a little deeper and, uh, I guess James has been around different companies on the Island and, uh, so I asked I asked them questions and and we start uh, started to get the process rolling and
0: probably just the paperwork alone would be enough to overwhelm a fella.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's definitely a struggle for any small business on the island.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <coughs> even the maritime's it's it's, it's a full time job looking.
0: It is. Yeah. And so any assistance, and I mean. Um, some of these services that you offer as a consultant, James, you know, they can be an incredible help to some of the small businesses here in the region. Um, you know, how does your background help with this kind of recruiting process?
2: Um, like I say, you know, I was born in South Korea, and then so I was able to build a lot of connections, uh, uh, especially South Korea, and then in other countries, so that you know I was uh, underst- I was able to understand you know different aspects of the cultures and um, different aspects of, um, you know, different communities and different environments. Mm-hmm. So that that helps me to understand, you know, both employers employer side of it and then also both the candidate side of it. So um, I was able to um, be more careful when, you know, uh, handing over the resumes and then uh, reviewing the qualifications and also do the interview uh, before handing over to the employers, so that uh, employers uh, are not getting any surprises. And then, you know, they get all the screen candidates, not just like you no know, regular resumes, so mm-hmm. um, it's more like you know um, more like assurance of those people, um, you know, getting those screening process through James or um, HNG Consulting Company. I think
0: that would probably be one of the most benefits that uh, James has probably offered you, Dougie, is, is that whole screening process.
1: Definitely, oh, definitely, yeah. yes,
0: because you can match the needs, and you were probably looking for uh, welders. Yeah, welders uh, was yeah. your main need right now.
1: Yeah, he can specifically look for that, that guy who can do that job.
0: And so it's great that you have the connections, James. You're kind of built like the chamber. You have your networks back home.
2: Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that, you know, there's a lot of good people around me um, and then good uh, licensed people um, who are able to um, do the immigration and recruiting, uh, you know, uh, legally. So um, I make all the connections that are uh, able to provide the legal advice uh, on a legal way so that, you know, um, my connections are really strong and that's why I was able to secure and then bring more workers uh, who are um, who are like uh, well screened.
0: And you mentioned license, so I, I, I might I might add to that. Um, so you're licensed to do this. Is there requirements for this for Prince Edward Island as far as you being licensed?
2: So um, every province has a different recruiting uh, license requirements, and in PI there is no specific recruiter license. However. Uh, in order to uh, bring workers to PI the island, then uh, you need to be uh, authorized labor agent uh, by the uh, the PI Immigration Office to be able to uh, work as um, work on behalf of the employers and the, uh, the candidates.
0: Great, and you are that?
2: Yes, I am licensed. Also, I'm also licensed in, licensed in different provinces, so um, I was able able to uh, recruit foreign workers um, in different provinces.
0: Perfect. Okay. Um, so I think we talked a little bit earlier about you when your business expanded. Um, when did you kind of realize, I guess the need for, uh, you know, or I guess that expansion, when did it come? And when did you feel that if things weren't going to happen here, Dougie, and you weren't seeing anybody apply for jobs? Um, when did you kind of make that step?
1: Well, right now I'm pretty well at the point. Um, it's either going to be downsizing my business, or well, I guess I'm hooked up with James now. So
0: yeah. So you had I to mean, make that decision though yeah. to kind of downsize or kind of just hold on production, yes. right?
1: And uh, hopefully everything works out, and uh, you know we'll, uh, <clears throat> we'll hopefully get some more guys in. And so
0: you haven't had to do that yet.
1: Uh, no, uh, I guess in a few weeks' time we're expecting a few guys. Okay, and from James's program. Yeah, looking yep, looking forward to it.
0: Okay. And that's great. So uh, well, hopefully we'll, we'll look forward to hearing that, James. And and uh, you, you started the process how long ago, Dougie?
1: Um, what was it, James? Probably four to six months was, ago. Um, yes, there that's was right. obviously yeah. delays with COVID and uh, and whatnot, which is totally understandable. But uh, no, we're uh, we're in the right direction now. And uh,
0: good. Well, that's not that bad. Some people can look for positions for years. So, absolutely. You know.
1: So absolutely.
0: Um, so maybe James, you can help us out with this. You know, where does an employer start the process? And um, I, I know we talked about different pathways. Um, who does the paperwork? What are the costs associated with the process? Could you just maybe give us a little bit of of um, direction to where to point employers and uh, with some other stuff?
2: So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into too much details, but the um, um, I can give like two major pathways to bringing foreign workers, and it all depends on which occupations that they're looking for. So. Uh, First one is, um, it's called Atlantic Immigration Program. It's called AIP. And that's new this year? um, Yes, because it was running as a pilot program for the last four to five years. Mm -hmm. And, um, the Immigration of uh, Immigration Canada has decided to make a permanent program after the uh, success of this, uh, uh, this dream. So, uh, it became a new program as a permanent. And, um, this is, um, the program that your uh, employers are able to bring the workers under NOC 0 A0 a, a B or C. and um, this is ideal program because um, this helps um, the workers to settle in Canada on, on a permanent basis, not on a, not on a temporary basis okay. so that you know if you want a long-term solution uh, and a long-term uh, employment, this may be a good program that could fit your needs. And the second one is called LMIA. Basically, uh, this is temporary worker program. So you're bringing people on a temporary basis, like a one year or two years. Um, but it doesn't guarantee that they're going to be staying on a permanent basis.
0: So really, the employer has to know what they're looking for at the beginning before they start to plan this whole thing.
2: Yes. And um, like I said, if NOC the position that the companies are looking for, then uh, they are not eligible to apply for AIP. However, they can find an option to bring workers through NOCD, which is a LMIA program. Okay. And uh, and then cost related question. So uh, for AIP, the only cost that uh, employers are uh, employers need to pay for is two thirty dollars at the end of nomination process, where they need to support the uh, the workers' work permit application. That like, seems uh, very that reasonable. That. Yeah, that
0: seems yes. reasonable.
2: The, yes. And however, the LMIA process, uh, um, for NOC 0 AB, you are required to pay for $1,000 processing fee to the Service Canada Department. And any occupations fall under NOC C or D, you need to pay for the $1,000 plus um, you know, housing costs, transportation, airplane, um, any costs associated with the application that you need to be responsible uh, for those costs. All
0: right. So right now, um, uh, the pathway that uh, 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 Doggy's going through would be the AIP, right?
2: Yes. Um, so um, he, the Doggy's program was um, the pilot program, which was AIPP. Um, so a Doggy, um, you know, got the designation, um, and then process the settlement service for the um, candidates also endorsement application also pay for two thirty dollars after the endorsement application was approved so uh, this was all taken care of by my myself and my company we helped all the paperwork and we got the um, all the information required for them to um, get more get it done easily
0: Okay. well it can seem a little overwhelming I can understand and and like I said we won't get into all those pathways but um, the employers really have to understand um, what they're looking for and do a little bit of planning, probably even a year out, right?
2: Yes. So, um, like I told Dougie before uh, at the start of the process, I probably would give six to nine months on a safe side mm-hmm. because, you know, bringing foreign workers to uh, Canada is not an easy process and requires a little bit of understanding and then the patience until they get to Canada with the valid work permit. Okay.
0: So, Dougie, um What's your experience been, uh, from the start of the process and, um, who, you know, how you found out about, uh, James and, uh, what's your whole experience and you could tell people.
1: Well, I, I expected a lot of paperwork, Mm -hmm. which, uh, I basically just signed a few papers and James, uh, good old James took care of the rest. (laughs) Thanks James. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, no, I'm looking forward to, to this here and, um, I mean, I know. So
0: it's been it wasn't that painful then.
1: Oh, no. Yeah,
0: so hiring James was probably the best <laughs> solution for what you needed.
1: Basically, write your name and yeah, yep. James took care of the rest.
0: That's good. That's good to know. It was yeah, great. Okay. And so James, are there any certain countries that have a quicker processing time? So
2: um so I guess you know, this is two I guess I can separate into two groups. First one is the visa e-exam countries. And the other one is a visa required countries. So visa exempt countries are much faster processing timeline yes. than the other one because uh, they do not requ- they are not required to apply for work permit after endorsement. They can come in right away, so they can save a lot of time at, uh, down the road. And which so, countries
0: would those be, uh, off the top of your head? So
2: visa exempt countries are most of European countries, South Korea, Singapore, Japan. Uh, uh, UAE. So there are about twenty to twenty-five countries are under the uh, visa exam country list okay. under the um, uh, the website, and uh, the other countries, like one hundred and fifty countries, are required to obtain uh, a work permit prior to entry into Canada.
0: Okay so are there any restrictions based on the industry or skill set so like you specialize in mainly the seafood boat building manufacturing welding hospitality are there any restrictions based on uh, on on industry or skill set
2: so um it's not there is not i cannot say there is restriction based on the industry however there can be restrictions based on the positions so the such conditions. as an engineer okay. yes So, as an engineer, um, they are required to be designated with a license in Canada as a professional engineer. Okay. uh, In most of the times. And, like pharmacists, nurses, uh, doctors, you know, there are even trade occupations, few of them, they are required to obtain a proper license before they can work in Canada. So, um, any of the employers who are looking for these professionals uh, need to. Uh, consult with the government or the uh, like consulting companies like myself uh, to get more information out of it
0: okay and have you worked with me, uh, many of those or just mainly in in, in your specialized markets
2: yes yeah, so um uh, previously um, you know I I had a lot of welders uh, came through Ara program because there's a oil and gas room so uh, in Alberta, um, uh, journeyman is uh, mandatory for the welder positions. Oh, yes. So we worked with uh, Alberta Trade Association uh, to get the um, the process completed, and then the requirements set out, and help those uh, workers to um, you know write the exams and you know uh, transfer license over to Canadian journeyman ticket. Okay. So I went through the process, so I'm pretty familiar uh, with how things need to be done.
0: Okay. Um. I guess maybe a question to both of you, um, is, you know, what measures can employers take to kind of ensure foreign workers are, are a good fit and maybe, um, uh, James, do you want to go first?
1: I, I'll let Dolly go first.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, um, I mean, everybody needs training, uh, no matter what job you do, you're going to a new workplace, um, which, you know, training is going to be provided and is provided. And, um, i mean basically um f- for uh building trailers um well i mean once you build a half a dozen trailers they're basically all the same so you kind of get you know the routine of things and uh you know get things rolling so and dougie
0: were you worried about language barriers was that something you discussed with james
1: um yes and no but there's a james could probably explain it a bit better than i can but uh there's a, there's a process with the, the language barrier also. Um, James will probably take it over from here.
2: Sure. Yeah, sure. So yes, uh, there can be a language barrier because uh, these guys are not uh, from the country where the English is first language. However, um, uh, we look at English ability as well and we look at the test result uh, from the, um, the credit, um, the test, test center so that, you know, the English is up to date And if their English is not as good as uh, like native uh, people in uh, Canada, Mm -hmm. then, you know, we are able to uh, connect them with the English training, um, English training center or like uh, association that can help with the language training so that, you know, the English can be improved. So we are trying to um, connect with the other settlement service organizations or like, um, tell yourself so that um, that we can have a lot of uh, resources and the connections that uh, that you have uh, to help those guys settle here and then uh, able to work with the uh, employees without any um, uh, difficulties.
0: Yes. Well, uh, we'll just kind of get ready to wrap things up here, but Dougie, as an employer, you know, are you prepared to help and assist, um, you know, these foreign workers that are coming in here with the transition of living in Western PEI? Um, You know, uh, there can be a lot, and it can be very overwhelming, like uh, we just discussed, uh, for them to come to a new country, and uh, are you prepared to do that?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes, and of course, West Prince is one of the spots to be when, you know, there's newcomers. Um, I'm sure they'll fit right in here and love it around here.
0: So we do have uh, what's called a PEI Community Navigators Program, and um, actually on our last episode Busy in the Sticks, um, uh, Lori interviewed Lindy and told us a little bit about these programs and there to welcome newcomers and help them with different services. So so there's a program, um, and you can reach out to, uh, I believe it's Scott Smith in our, our area here, Dougie, um, uh, to help kind of uh, with some of their needs when they get settled here and help them settle. Great. So <clears throat> I guess just in closing... Um, just a, qu- a quick question on, you know, our governments have a, a, a big role to play in kind of alleviating labour shortages, uh, and that's the talk, uh, you know, it's been the talk for a while, but the solutions mostly lie within businesses, improving, you know, salaries, training, or whatever, and, and we're also looking at a training aspect as part of this project, and either one of you can answer this. Do you agree with this statement, and why?
1: Well, my belief is um, the government basically pays you to stay home, draw unemployment. Um, that's what the big problem is around here, whether or not people want to hear it or not. And um, I'm sure you can ask any small business owner and they'll agree with me.
0: So, do you feel though that the businesses have a part to play as far as you know? And you've worked hard at your business, Dougie, and and it's growing, and uh, you want you you know your employers employees to do well. Do you feel that it's part of your responsibility too to bring their salaries and offer that training to them as responsibility for that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, James? Do you think things have changed since COVID? And uh, you know, maybe more employers are are uh, you know have been have been challenged with more increase in salary and flexibility of even working from home um, and even workplace conditions and trusting employees. So this could be a big step for Dougie in trusting some of these new employees coming in.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, um You know, um, due to COVID-19, a lot of things have been shifted and our daily lifestyle has been also changed a lot. And I believe uh, PI, Labor Department, is working hard to, uh, you know, uh, find a solution, you know, going to school and, you know, high school, post secondary school to find the right people so that they can connect with the um, uh, employers uh, in PI. However, uh, the resources are limited, and that's why you know um, boarding worker programs are uh, recommended for some businesses like uh, like small ones, so that you know they can you know still you know running their business without any uh, issues and without any labor shortages. So that um, I definitely understand that um, there has been a lot, of, a lot of things going on, but um, hopefully this helps. Um, you know, uh, in-person understand what's behind it and then what's going to be involved within the process here.
0: Yes. Well, thank you both for being here today. I appreciate it. Um, And uh, it's just the beginning of a conversation for how to recruit foreign workers to PEI. As we said, it can be a little overwhelming and there's a lot of pathways. So do your research, listen to our podcast, spread the news, and we'll have it posted on our website. Uh, So thank you again, Dougie, for being here. And thank you, James. We wish you all the best uh, in uh, recruiting uh, workers for PEI.
1: Thank you,
2: Tammy. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tammy.
0: If the labor shortage affects your business, recruiting foreign workers may provide a solution. Martin's Machine Shop has openings for welders and a supervisor if you're interested in working. till next time. let it breathe if it doesn't breathe it's gonna die let us see if we let it be is it gonna fire